Hello, hello. We are back. We are live. Wrestling Shed Live. I'm Chad Everard, your host, back again for another week. And back with me are Wrestling Shed members, Corey Ware. How you doing, Corey? Doing good. Not as warm as yesterday, but uh, doing pretty good. <laughs> Still pretty warm. I'm a little toasty here myself, but uh, yeah, it's summer, so we'll take it. Uh, Harry, we're back in the house. How's it going, buddy? Doing good, doing good. Uh, here for another week of uh, wrestling. It was, made me tear all my hair out this week. It was uh, <laughs> good to see. And Brett Butler, of course, back for another round. How you doing, Brett? Great. As you can see, guys, I have uh, joined the Twitter uh, universe, and uh, now you can get me at Brett Butler, Brett underscore Butler 13. Baby, baby. Joining that 21st century. Um, <laughs> Of course, guys, follow us on uh, Twitter at Wrestling Shed and follow any of us if you want on uh, Twitter as well. Our uh, handles are on the screen there, so go for it. Uh, also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, of course, and join our group on Facebook, the Wrestling Shed group, for all our latest uh, discussions and whatnot. Uh, off the top, a uh, little bit of news. We have uh, also joined the podcasting style of uh getting the wrestling shed live out there. Harry, you want to tell folks a little bit about that? I do. Uh, this week I have taken it upon myself to uh, add us to the anchor.fm webpage. It is a wonderful podcasting tool. Uh, it automatically takes your feed and distributes it to uh, Spotify. We're on Breaker now, Radio Public, Google Podcasts. Um, so, you know, if you want to get us on the go and, you know, you can listen to us, and it has the added bonus that, well, you know, you can't see us. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's a bonus. Maybe a little detriment. You don't get to see these beautiful faces. but That's true. At least That's you true. get to hear us. At least you get to uh, get all of our opinions and whatnot. Because, uh, guys, this has been another huge week in the world of wrestling. Uh, last night, our biggest uh, news story popped up during SmackDown, actually. Some new WWE releases to uh, go through. We're going to hit all of those. Uh, lots more news. Also, the contracts of Adam Cole and Pete Dunne are also up in the air right now, so we'll be touching on that as well. And all our thoughts, of course, on WWE Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, and elsewhere outside the ring. So it's going to be a big show. I uh, hope everyone's ready. Uh, let's start it out with the biggest news. Like I said, more WWE releases. Guys, I don't know, man. I can't be just me, but is everybody like getting fed up with this? Because it's absolute craziness. They're bailing water out of this boat faster than they can swim. So uh, I'm gonna run down the releases real quick. It was 13, a baker's dozen of them. Uh, just uh, off the top, Bronson Reed, huge, huge name, probably the biggest one of the lot. We also had Mercedes Martinez, Leon Ruff. Tyler Rust, Bobby Fish, another big name, Jake Atlas, Ari Sterling, Desmond Troy, Asher Hale, Kona Reeves, Stephen Smith, who I believe was a referee, uh, Giant Zanzir, Zachariah Smith. So that's just 13, not huge names, but a few notable names. So we'll start it out with you, Corey. What are your thoughts on this latest WWE butcher shop we got going here? <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. Uh, it really does feel like a butcher shop. Um, you know, some of the names that are on there, 
you know, ones that we haven't seen on television and stuff. I can understand why they released them. You know, Zanzir. I don't even know who that person is. A couple of other names that were there I'd never heard of before. Um, I think Asher Hale and a couple of the others were on 205 Live, I think, at some point. So I don't, you know, I'm not shocked to know that they're going. Uh, but, I mean, Bronson Reed was just North American champion uh, last week. He was, you know, in the main event against Adam Cole. Uh, and now he's gone. You know, it's pretty unsettling. I mean, when you think about how quick I mean, it turns around. Mercedes Martinez also gone. You know, somebody who was a huge part of the uh, the training and development of all the talent that comes through NXT, let alone being an on-screen performer who was, you know, pushed against Zia Lee there recently. Um, yeah, I mean, there are some names on there that are really shocking. Um and I just wonder where it's going to end up um, with NXT. You know, I had heard that, uh, you know, they're starting to, they're thinking about rebranding the show, new logo and new set design and things like that to focus on younger talent. But when you think about that, a lot of the people who were released during this, uh, you know, this last group are the younger talent who you would think would feature on NXT if that's the way it's going to be promoted. Um, yeah, I mean, it really does sound like to me that WWE is lightening its contract load, um, potentially for a sale. Uh, I really can't see the logic behind any of it. Uh, with people who have been recently on television, you know, in the case of like Strowman and stuff, recently in the main events at pay-per-views, with Wyatt, somebody who is like a leading merchandise sales uh, person, uh, unless, you know, that's the only way I can think that this makes any sense, you know? lighten their uh, their bottom line so that they're more appealing to whoever's going to come along and purchase it whether it's a content streamer or whoever else um yeah it's it's shocking uh, to find out that these people were being released while a tv show was actually on the air uh, right you know <laughs> i can only imagine like the sort of backstage buzz that was going on while that show was being uh, performed i mean it's crazy it's just oh, chaos man. chaos pure chaos <laughs> It really got to have people on their on edge, though. I mean, you got to be looking over your shoulder and probably turning off your phone at this point because <laughs> it's honestly who's next. The Bray yeah. Wyatt thing blew my mind last week, but I mean, to take someone like Bronson Reed, who, like you said, Corey was just North America champion a couple of months ago, and Leon Ruff, another guy that was, I mean, it was a little short-lived but still a former north american champion bobby fish tag champion uh mercedes martinez man like the woman just got injured in the ring and i released her like i don't understand it man bad looks all around harry what do you think man what are your thoughts well i definitely think uh the release is happening during a live television show that's probably one of the most metal things i've ever seen in my life it's like Vince McMahon is like someone literally walking around on his last day of work, not giving two Fs about anything. It's like, you're gone, you're gone, you're out, see you later. Oh, oh, you're hurt? Oh, just like that, right? Uh, it's, it's just crazy. It's, it's like it's unthinkable, like to me. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, hopefully they can uh, sell it to somebody who's going to do something with it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, because, I don't know, like Corey said, there's going to be some restructuring and whatnot going on, but I don't know, man. It really makes you think because there's no rhyme or reason to a lot of these releases. Like, okay, some of them may have been getting up during age, but, like, someone like Bobby Fish, 
if you're not going to continue with him in the ring, like that guy, use him as a coach, like have him as an agent in the back. I don't understand this. Brett, maybe you can help me out, man. Let me let me let me crack a drink here and probably cool down. Um, I don't know. I you know what? I don't even know how to approach this question just because, like the people that got released, it's other than Bronson Reed, it's not really that big of consequences. Obviously, they're trying to cut talent. But I was really thinking about the landscape of WWE. So there's two ways you got to think about this. Vince has learned that he can send out his stars. You know, everyone's considered a star under his eyes, and they could be stars somewhere else. And then they sometimes they come back, and they're already established. The storyline is created for them. A better character is created for them. So that's what I, a lot of these people that are sending out are just like, listen, we got nothing for you. There's no time for you. You go out and you use this motivation to do what you got to do. Now, in saying that, with what they're doing right now. What I really believe they're doing is they're just trying to thin the roster down. NXT will become like a performance center plus. It'll be the brand new people will be featured on NXT. Anyone that has any of talent on NXT right now that gets surviving after all these cuts will automatically be up to the next roster. That's my reason. That's my theory of why the draft keeps getting pushed back, keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. It's because it's going to be a, a substantial draft because all these people are going to get drafted into it. And the way Vince looks at it, he, he, they're making money. He doesn't give a shit what the show looks like. Bring these people up that aren't making as much money, but the people on top, the product is still being out there. Like, I'm, guys, I'm sorry I'm going a little bit long on this one, but uh, and the way it is, too, if they get sold, it's sad to say, I think the content is worth more must in the ring. And that's why you're seeing these big contrasts gone because all of a sudden if they want to sell it as a content, you don't have this salary. You don't have this salary. Most of the guys that they got right now are either their deals are expiring or they will expire or they're going to retire. You got to look at the business sense and it's either being sold or they're changing the game totally. Yeah, they're obviously just changing their game plan totally. I mean, NXT withstanding like 205 Live is done, isn't it? Like, it got to be done. There's two guys, I believe, besides Brian Kendrick, who's not even, I don't even think he's actually active anymore. Uh, two guys that were left on the roster. Kushida wrestled on the show last night against Ari Sterling, who was released. Uh, Leon Ruff got a win last night. He was already released. Like, I don't understand it, man. Like, I, I don't want to come off too whiny, but God damn it, this is ridiculous. Like, I can't make heads or tails of it. And so much stuff you're hearing over the last, well, 20 hours or so. Uh, the restructuring, the NXT, like, Corey, I'm going to throw it to you on that. Like, they say they want to add some new lights and maybe a new logo. Like, God damn it, that's not what they need to change. It isn't. Um, it isn't what they need to change. My feeling about it is that I think that they kind of went in the direction where NXT was now being looked at as the third brand, you know, of, of WWE. And that wasn't what it was ever supposed to be. Uh, the change where they started really adopting it as the third brand came, you know, ironically enough against when AEW uh, was up against it on television. You know, they started to push the brand more. They put them into the Survivor Series and had them win, you know, to make them feel like a bigger deal so that people would probably tune into them as opposed to AEW. 
now that the competition isn't direct anymore, it's almost like they're taking a step back to say, you know what, we don't need to have all these people in this anymore. We should really tone it down to developmental again. Hence, you know, the idea of, you know, they're going to have younger performers on there. Uh, it almost sounds like the change in direction is going to make it more almost like a darker an elevation uh, to me, um, which I don't think that they needed to strip NXT. I think, you know, if they wanted to make it or developmental, just make a new developmental and leave NXT alone. <laughs> I mean, NXT delivers most of their really, really good television. Um, if they wanted to have a developmental league like an FCW or OVW, make one of those. You know, you have enough talent. You don't need to destroy the one thing that you got that's, you know, really good wrestling. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, <clears throat> excuse me, that seems to be like the top thing that was working over the past six, seven years was NXT. It was the most consistent brand and the one that actual wrestling fans flocked towards because, I mean, Raw and SmackDown are worlds apart from what NXT has been. But totally, I agree with you. Like, they are absolutely changing the model. This whole NXT uh, fad for Vince McMahon is over. He completely has thrown his hands up in the air over this. And like you said, the uh, AEW uh, rivalry or the Wednesday night war, that totally made Vince realize, like, okay, we don't need this anymore. This, this is only going to make me look bad, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel that he's almost punishing Vince, or Vince is almost punishing Triple H in a way and stripping down everything he's worked for. What do you think, Harry? <laughs> well, Paul, we're going to fix it. We're not just going to fix it. We're going to fix it the way we fixed ECW back in the early 2000s. We're going we're gonna to totally overhaul it and put up some new lights, a new logo. Sound familiar? <laughs> it's like, it's like I, it, it baffles my mind. It's like, NXT is probably the main reason a lot of people watch WWE right now. And to take something like that and to break it down, you know, the way Vince is going to do it, not not a great idea. But, of course, he knows that it's not a great idea, and he's doing it anyway. Yeah. I mean, NXT is struggling to get 700K on TV, but they changed what the brand was i'm sorry as soon as they went on usa and expanded mm -hmm. the two hours and stuff nxt was no more as we knew it on on the network like brett i'm sure you've noticed the change immediately from when they went to tv from the network like what do you think is the biggest difference that was made throughout the the changeover uh, the big thing is, like, obviously with the two hours, but within that two hours, like, there's so many people that can still get lost. And there were so many people showing up and showing up and showing up and showing up. And they weren't giving them airtime. Like, you know, like, there, there's a lot of things I do love about going to a longer show. It At first, I thought it was very competitive. The shows they were cranking out were, you know, little, pretty much takeover minis there for a bit. Um and then a lot of things happened. You got to realize that, like, Velveteen Green, who we thought was going to be this big, huge star, his star fell once he started doing those great calls to kids. Um, I'm pretty sure some of the Undisputed Era got injured. Um, Karrion Cross got injured. Keith Lee got put up. Like, guys, when do you look at it right now? Like, on TV, like, when you got the Raw up, when you got Karrion Cross coming up to Raw, and losing, you know, the title, losing matches now twice. Like, 
come on, they're just he's taking the belt, he's spitting on it. This is Vince McMahon being you know, old Vince McMahon. Jokes that no one gets but Vince McMahon. And the worst thing is until that money goes dry, he's it's not gonna change or he dies. And as I said, I think he's gonna, you know, he's gonna do the Scrooge McDuck thing, sell it all and be swimming in a pile full of money. You know, Very he is good. like right now, like he is just garbage when it comes to the rest of the book. He cares about money. All the guys that he loved it fell in love with are gone. Vince has no attachment to people. Maybe John Cena. If John Cena was a regular, maybe. Right. But I don't know, man. Maybe as a hardcore fan and uh, like yourselves as hardcore fans, like it's totally off-putting, man. Like how can you watch NXT now and want to cheer for a uh, Johnny Gargano or a uh, uh, Cameron Grimes or something? Hmm. They're not going to do nothing with these people. Totally not good. Proof in the like proof positive. They're not even getting to the ro- the main roster now. They're getting cut before that. You don't even get a chance to ruin these people before they're actually getting released now. So I don't know, man. Corey, like, who do you think was the biggest mistake besides probably Bronson Reed was a big one, but who else on the list do you think was a big mistake? In terms of on-screen talent, yeah. um, I would say, you know, Bobby Fish. I think there was a missed opportunity there. And I've never been a fan of this push that they're trying to get Kyle O'Reilly over as this huge single star. Uh, I think that they should have reteamed him back up with Bobby Fish and pushed him to the main roster. You know, they don't have a whole lot of tag teams up there. And, you know, Red Dragon was a phenomenal team. I mean, there's no reason why they couldn't be up there, you know, taking the place of Ziggler and Marood or whoever else. In terms of who could benefit their product, uh, you know, they've kind of struggled a lot, I think, with or they continue to struggle with developing the strong female uh, talent. Uh you know, Dana Brooke has never really improved. Nia Jax is a threat to everybody in the ring. Uh, they, so they shouldn't release Mercedes Martinez. I think that she could have been somebody who really benefited backstage as a trainer and working with the, the younger talent and the established ones uh, to get them better in the ring. Uh, so I definitely think they should let her go. Didn't they release her a couple years ago? Yes, they did. Right? This is the second time for her now. Yep. So like, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, where does that head? Like, and and then like on top of it all, that wasn't even supposed to be the main focus of the show here today. This all came up last night. Mm. Uh, the whole Adam Cole and Pete Dunn thing kicked us in the guts in the middle of the week. Like, as bad as like the Bray Wyatt releases and all this stuff is, now we got these guys that are on the way up from NXT and the heart and soul of NXT, if you will. And now there's a chance that they're probably not going to be there. And you know what? I hope they don't resign. I'm not going to be one of those fickle fans who's like, fuck the evil empire. But it's gotten to the point now where I genuinely don't want to see these guys resign. Unless something miraculous comes up, I don't want to see Adam Cole sign. I'd rather see him go to Japan or even AEW, of course. But... I don't know. That opens a whole new can of worms. Brett, what do you think? What do you? What's your thoughts on the whole Adam Cole Pete Dunn situation? Uh, I, you know, I read up a lot on this. You know, you got to kind of go with the good and the bad for, for sources and stuff. I did hear that he met with Vince McMahon Saturday, face to face. Don't know. Haven't heard anything from that, so I'm not sure. 
But it's like he might go over AEW. Like I, I love Adam Cole. I loved on his there. His matches were amazing. He's made what NXT, he carried NXT for a long, long time. Uh, unless they don't have a concrete plan, plan for him, and right now WWE got two off of that. As I said, Lashley, and you got Roman Reigns, and does it look like Adam Cole could beat either of those guys? Not a chance. So, like, that's the big thing. Um, you know, I thought he was going to be the next Shawn Michaels. I really did. You know, I just kept, thought they just kept kept him back and kept him back, and they were, you know, waiting for this right moment. The right moment right now, man, is to jump ship, go back with your friends, be with your girlfriend. Yeah. Send a shockwave through. Like, Adam Cole and AEW is worth a lot more than Adam Cole and NXT. Well, he's seemingly done everything he's, you know, set out to do in NXT. So, honestly, the next logical place would be SmackDown or Raw. And I don't want to see Adam Cole on either one of them, honestly. Harry, do you? Well, I'm going to go the other way. I would like to see Pete Dunne and Adam Cole stick around. Um, Just simply because, you know, okay, let's say these two guys, they go over to AEW. What are they going to do with them? They got to try to then shoehorn these two guys into some storylines. I mean, they got enough. I mean, they, they really do. Uh, I think they got enough going on right now, especially with the additions of CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, uh, possibly Bray Wyatt down the road if he comes in. Uh, you know, I mean, where are you going to shoehorn him in, baby? I don't know. Like, that's it. It's true. And I mean, that's what I think of every time we hear these releases, too. And like, AEW, God love them. They're picking up all these spare pieces and free agents, but they're going to find themselves in the same exact position as WWE's been in and over-inflate that roster because, I mean, like Harry just said, it's getting pretty pretty tight there now. So, I don't know. What do you think, Corey? Yeah, I mean, I personally would like to see Adam Cole remain with WWE. And primarily for the reason that Britt kind of alluded to, I do think that they could kind of push him as the next Shawn Michaels on the main roster. Um, given the fact that, you know, Vince McMahon has asked for these kind of emergency meetings with Adam Cole to discuss him not coming back or trying to win him back, really makes me think that he sees something in Adam Cole. Uh, you probably never heard of him before he was getting ready to leave and everybody started drawing attention to the fact that he's, you know, one foot out the door. Uh, I don't think Pete Dunne should stay. Uh, Pete, you know, I think his time, I don't think he'd be well handled on the main roster. Uh, so I do think that he should probably go. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when we were talking about just a moment ago, Harry was talking about what AEW is going to start running into. It's something that I've been saying all along. You know, they're picking up all these, uh, you know, guys who are not just WWE, you know, cast-offs. I don't want to say cast-offs, but they're not with WWE anymore. But there are also a lot of people who are primarily being used at the top of the card. And there's only so many spots that you can have all these talent at the top of the card. Uh, you know, nobody's going to want to take a back seat. Nobody's going to want to be pushed down. So you're going to have basically two hours of dynamite with everybody performing at a top level. And then maybe, you know, a few scrap holders over on Rampage. But you're not going to want to do that because you're going to have a Rampage that have a good show. So some are going to have to go over there. Um, yeah, I, I really feel like that roster bloat that the AEW is going to feel as they continue to add more people to it is really reflective of where WCW started to go wrong. 
I don't want it to be true. I don't want that to happen to AEW. I, you know, I complain about their product from time to time, you know, things that, you know, they're still learning as they're growing. Um, but I don't want to see the company fold. I don't want to see them start to go down a bad path and, and not have an alternative to WWE because WWE right now is garbage. <laughs> it's, uh, it's hard to watch. Um, if I hadn't been a fan of wrestling for 40 odd years now, I wouldn't watch it. Um, it's absolutely horrible. It's no longer wrestling. It's, uh, you know, whatever they can shoehorn into what they consider entertainment, whatever somebody thought was funny on TikTok that day, or, you know, they saw somebody falling down outside their window and thought it'd be a good idea to put on TV. Um, it's awful. So yeah, I don't want to see AEW, uh, you know, go down that path for sure. Here's <laughs> open. But I mean, but I mean it, it makes it me makes think, think we, we possibly uh, see Rampage and Dynamite as the new Raw and SmackDown in terms of brands. Like, could they have their own different shows even? What do you think of that, Frank? Uh, there's a couple ways I look at it, guys, and this is one thing that we really haven't brought up. Like, you got to look at AEW as well. I've been around for two years now, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So they need new talent coming. Like, I don't know about you, but there's some of the matches I can't, I can't see the guys fight each other anymore. Like, other than the MJF and Jericho thing where they really stretch it out, there's some of the matches like, oh, my God. Darby Allen versus, uh, I don't know, pretty much anybody now has been repeated. Uh, so, you got to, you know, like, and the weight is, too. Like, some of the guys, like Cody's obviously going on a break. Uh, Kenny Omega, Omega will need a break eventually. The Young Bucks, the way that they wrestle. They will need a break eventually. Darby Allen, the way that he wrestles, he will be on the rack eventually. So they do need bodies. But it's just one of those things when someone goes down, they'll come back up. Um, putting Adam Cole in any of those shows, man, like he's amazing. He pops right into Elite. Or maybe he's on the side of the anti-Elite. Who knows? Talking about uh, uh, Rampage and Dynamite as Ron SmackDown. Like, like I think we say to pretty much all the AEW guys when they start, oh, it's better, it's better. Give it some time, guys. You know, let the show have a couple of seasons. We'll see. Get, let's talk in two years, and let's see where everyone's at. It was just like NWA when that was the alternative. They were having these amazing weekly pay-per-views, and who was showing up next? And, oh, my God, this is awesome. And then all of a sudden, that went to shit. <laughs> that went to hell in a handbag super quick. So it's like editing. They got to keep the big stars there. This forbidden door thing is going to keep it fresh for a good while. This is probably going to get them throughout the year. Let some of these guys go away, heal up. So, you know, we'll see. You know, there's lots of dream matches out there. I think that will happen. For sure. There's always some uh, rumors and stuff going on about people signing and stuff, too. Uh, this week, uh, a memorable name from WWE only a couple months ago, Ruby Riot. Uh, is rumored to be going to AEW under the name Ruby Soho. Uh, that came up there the week. And as we know, her contract or her, sorry, her uh, non-compete is up on the 31st of August. So chances are she is going to probably be showing up at All Out. Uh, what's thoughts on that, Harry? What do you think about old Ruby Riot coming into the AEW fold? Oh, I would love to see Ruby Riot uh, on AEW. I, I think... She never really got like a good, you know, a good deal after they broke up the Riot Squad originally when there was the three of them, and you know, eventually they tied her up with 
Liv Morgan tried to revitalize it, which could have worked, but they chose not to do that. They just kind of left him out to dry there a little bit. And uh, no, I think uh, she deserves a second chance at trying to uh, get a good run somewhere. I think AEW is probably just the place to do it. Yeah. And I mean, they're adding a lot of pieces, but it don't seem like they're adding a lot of women to the roster. So Mm -hmm. I would gladly welcome Ruby Riot to the AEW roster. What do you think, Corey? Yeah, I think she'll be a tremendous addition, actually, to uh, their roster. Uh, AEW has actually, you know, kind of been signing some, you know, some quiet uh, women, you know, kind of in the background. You know, they have Thunder Rosa finally signed. Uh, you know, they've got Leila Hirsch, and uh, they've got a couple of other ones. I can't remember. Vert Vixen, I think, just signed, and Kylan King. I think Kylan. those, uh, yeah, they've recently signed. But uh, Heidi Lovelace, uh, Ruby Soho now. Uh, is a huge asset. I mean, everyone you talk to or they've interviewed when she was released from WWE talked about how much of a locker room leader that she was. Uh, I think that's something that AEW could really benefit from, having that really strong presence in the locker room, someone to keep things, you know, upbeat. Uh, And, you know, she's a really established performer. Uh, I enjoyed her in WWE. Like Harry said, I don't feel like she ever really got a chance to shine. Uh, Through the jigs and the reels with the Riot Squad, falling apart, and she was injured for a while, and then they came back, and they put them together, and they kind of made a little story out of it, but then it just kind of it went away again, and she got released. So uh, I don't think that any time during the, her time in WWE was really, um, you know, a real a real sign of what she's capable of. If you go back and look at some of her matches in the past uh, on the independent scenes, uh, you can see that she is a really, really strong performer. So, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, that she'll probably turn up in AEW. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely, yeah. Uh, big asset for any uh, roster for sure, and especially the AEW roster. I don't want to criticize them too much, but they need a little bit of work. I mean, a lot of the girls haven't been on TV as much as her, and she knows how to work the angles and, you know, due to, due to playing to the camera and all that stuff. So more power to her going to AEW for sure. Um, another free agent who recently popped up in Impact and Ring of Honor is Chelsea Green. Uh, Chelsea was formerly in NXT and paired on SmackDown maybe once or twice, but uh, she's recently back out there on the indie scene slash Impact and all that stuff. So uh, a little bit of news with her this week. She was on an Instagram Live with Mickey James, uh, who actually invited her to the NWA Empower pay-per-view. And she's going to be part of the main event, evidently. Uh, she's going to be in a battle royal for a shot at the NWA women's title. So uh, Chelsea Green, you know, I've always kind of been a fan of her. So it's nice to see her involved in that. Uh, Brett, what do you think of old Chelsea Green? Are you, are you going to be excited about her addition to the NWA all-women's show? Yeah, I think, you know, like for, for someone who got released and, you know, it's a sin she was injured more than she was healthy um and even now she's still got a cast on her hand so yeah. i'm not sure if that's an angle or they're just uh she's she popped up in ring of honor which i think was awesome she popped up on impact um you know that homecoming show was what it was uh you know to make tags but you know what good for them for they had you know what uh impact works with what it got and all of a sudden they just looked at it and said hey we got a lot of guys a lot of girls here very similar let's do this uh, she's a good wrestler. The highest character is pretty cool when she comes out. You know, it's kind of that Jekyll Hyde type thing. Uh, she adds to it. And, like, going back a little bit to what we were saying about Ruby Soho, 
Like when you look at it right now, like I, everyone's kind of interconnected. Like Camille's showing up the other night, man. Man, mm -hmm. I can't wait till you throw Camille into some of the matches with some of these ladies. Like she looks awesome out there. And like, how short is Layla Hirsch? Like, <laughs> oh, God, like Camille is a big woman. Yeah. Oh, my God, she looked like a <laughs> beside her. Like, I had to look at. The, I look first thing I seen was a picture because I I missed it. I was using the watch someone came out. And then I had to go back and watch a video of it because so I was like, this might just be an angle or whatever it is. So I was like, no. <laughs> strictly, yeah, strictly done just for that visual. Yeah. <laughs> right? Camille looked like she was ready to tuck her into bed. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Put her under her arm and go to bed with her. Camille uh, is like, if you look at her character on power, like, what a great slow burn to her character. Like, mm -hmm. she is one of the, I think, one of the hidden gems out there that people should actually check out i've seen yeah i watched her match with uh was it thunder rosa on the last pay-per-view she beat thunder rosa uh, remember but yeah, regardless she's okay in the ring i have a lot to uh maybe you know a little bit of time to get around on her yet but uh, i don't know there's a lot of good women out there and i mean Chelsea Green being added to that show is pretty good. It gives a little bit of star power and whatnot. But uh, also an impact this week. We're not going to go down through the whole show and stuff, but just to mention since we're on the women here, uh, Melina showed up with Mickey James, who will now be taking on Deanna Perrazzo on that show. So that's oh. another little addition. Uh, mm -hmm. Harry, what do you think of that? I know you're a fan of Deanna. Absolutely, absolutely. I think she's a great champion. Um, but she's... Uh, yeah, Melina does not stand a chance against Rosa. <laughs> I'm sorry. She just doesn't. I mean, she come out there, she tried to do all the same stuff from, you know, back in the day, back in the 90s. Did the splits getting in the ring. It just looked like somebody's soccer mom. Like, you know, trying to go in and, like, talk to, like, the champ. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can see where they're kind of going for it. Like, it's their evolution show, right? Their, their WWE evolution show. So they're trying to get the the legendary characters in there and whatnot but i don't know i agree with you harry it it, it should like be legend versus legend not legend versus champion of a different yeah. brand who's not going to lose her title to this person yeah. i'm sorry that's just not happening but uh just let everyone know obviously that show is coming up on the 27th of august uh nwa empower so uh yeah check that one out for sure uh speaking of impact though uh, a little bit of news came up during the week that they're uh, no longer going to be on Twitch. They're going to be moving to YouTube. So uh, Impact fans, make sure you check out Impact's Insiders package, I believe it's called. There's two tiers. For 99 cents, you can get the uh, regular tier and access to their uh, weekly show, their Impact to our show. And for the 499, you get uh, access to their past library of all their pay-per-views and television shows and you also get their uh, current pay-per-views so i mean pretty good value if you ask me what do you think brett would you be uh willing to check out impact on the old youtube uh to be honest be good for them i think youtube's a bigger platform for them to go to um it's kind of my when i when someone throws out a random wrestler's name or i don't know i want to look up an old match like i kind of i find youtube is great like there's always you know something's always there for you to watch um and that price is really, really good. Yeah. Like when you think of like uh, TNA Impact, like they got a library, 
You go back and watch the shows from three or four years ago, it's unreal how many of the big stars in WWE right now were an impact. You look at Lashley, McIntyre, um, Eli Drake, like uh, Jeff Hardy. Like <laughs> you go back, it's yeah. like it's like watching Raw, you know, but, right. but actually with better matches. So, like if four ninety nine, go for it. You know, I, I support that. It picks on. Yeah, I think it's definitely a better uh, avenue than the old Twitch. Twitch is fine, don't get me wrong, but. YouTube just gives it that little bit of more oomph and access to the library and stuff. Like you said, Brett, that's, that's a value right there for sure. Um, Corey, what do you think about the old switch over for impact? No, still boycotting impact. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I, haven't, I haven't gone back and watched it in uh, a while now. I just can't get behind it anymore. I've lost all interest in impact, but when the model pardon. When did we lose you again? When Jay White showed up at the end of uh, the right. pay-per-view and Sammy Callahan had just lost and yeah. all the announcers went gaga over the fact that Jay White was there and not the fact that Kenny Omega still had their title and nobody cares. <laughs> like, it really bothers me. It's like, they don't treat their title as meaning anything, so why should I care about watching their program? Well, when you... When, when, you somebody, when somebody comes back and they actually start, you know, being concerned <laughs> about their own <laughs> roster... And pushing them as, you know, this is impact and not a place where the forbidden door just lets people come and go as they please. I'll probably go back to it. But their uh, YouTube channel subscription thing is a good move. Uh, Twitch Twitch has the whole market cornered on the gaming world. So, I mean, when you hear Twitch, people automatically start thinking about, you know, people streaming, you know, competitive gameplay and things like that. So moving to YouTube, which is, you know, really a lot more, you know, uh, usually user known, I guess, or publicly known, uh, it makes sense. And, uh, you know, the pricing is really good. I mean, if you're getting access to their full, you know, thing for five bucks a month, I mean, that's less than WWE. And there's tons yeah. of content there. I mean, they've been around for, what, 12, 13, 14 years or something. Uh, yeah, you can go back and watch, like, Samoa Joe and Daniels and Styles and <laughs> all the great stuff. You can watch, you know, Jeff Hardy stumble through victory road <laughs> all that good stuff so yeah, it's a good move for them yeah i agree uh impact needs all the help they can get so if you're a fan of impact at all go ahead and subscribe to that impact insiders package either one give them a little help out because uh god knows Corey's not helping them out with his viewership uh guys we're gonna move on to uh the television aspect of this week we're uh Talking a little bit about the outside of the ring, but let's jump inside of the ring and go to Monday Night Raw, everyone's favorite show. Uh, as much as Corey's impact, uh, or sorry, his strike on impact is uh, impressive, I think I might join him, but I'm going to be boycotting Raw, man. Uh, fuck this show, man. It makes me actually, and uh, people are going to laugh at me, but it really, like, it pisses me off to watch it because it's so, so bad now. And people always say, like, if it's that bad, why don't you stop watching it? But, I mean, for someone that's been watching it for 30, 40 years, it's not exactly the easiest thing to do, even if you might not like it. But I'm becoming pretty damn close to, like, totally just tuning out Raw. Uh, who watched Raw this week? Brett, did you catch any of the uh, illustrious Monday Night Mayhem? <laughs> yeah, I did. I I watch like I I must say like I there's not very often that I'll sit through 
And we, actually, when we first started doing the show, I was like really, really faithful to all the wrestling shows. Watch every single minute of it. You know, and then it got to the point when Raw would, would seem like the same show every single week on repeat. Like to get in this three, uh, repeating three things in a row is like their new favorite thing. And then we're just like, you know, that just after that, you're just like, man, I'm done. Uh, I I like the Goldberg thing, you know. I I'm I'm an old fool. Like, I don't know how much crowd point they're piping in of them chanting Goldberg. All of it. Um, probably, <laughs> no, but I just I like the segment. I didn't mind it that much. And the match is going to be. It is what it is. Like, who are you going to put Bobby Lashley against? No one on that roster right now. There was no storyline. Hurt business. <laughs> What's that? The hurt business. That angle where they came yeah, out and all three of them were against each other. I thought that was the best thing they'd done on Raw in, in months. Yeah, yeah. when you got to sell out. When you got to sell out a big football stadium in Las Vegas on a Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Someone to say, hey, who's he fighting? Go, oh, Goldberg. Oh, Goldberg. I would have had Big E cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase against him. For yeah. that. You know, man, <laughs> for Kofi. We would love that too. But I, I, I'm I, hoping they got something bigger for, planned for Big E than, you know, him surprisingly cashing in against Bobby Lashley after he fights Goldberg. Like, really. Like, mm. I, I hope. Oh, I'm at the point now where, like, I'm past the point of actually being like a smirky wrestling fan and being like, oh, I don't want to see Goldberg in there. I'm to the point now where like, fuck Goldberg, man. I don't care about Goldberg anymore. He is actually making me not want to watch the show. He comes out and he's laughing and he's like, <laughs> like not taking the world heavyweight champion serious. And I'm like, you're an old man. Get the freak out of here. Like, I don't. Take him serious whatsoever. He's actually revolting to me to be on TV. Come out, grunt and groan like he does. Snarl like yeah, you take him serious at You're, all. Not only was he an old man, the first time he came back, he was an old man, and he had the little kid there with him. This week, <laughs> the kid was an adult himself. I what, know, what's I next? going to come, and the kid's going to have like a wife and two children in a stroller the next time. Goldberg comes out to challenge somebody else. I yeah. on the internet and see if like if that was the same kid because I was like, man. That kid got old quick, or like how, like how five years of wrestling seems like yes. one year. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Living with Goldberg will age you. But I don't know, man. Besides Goldberg, like that wasn't the only thing that pissed me off. Obviously, we'll just run down through the matches real quick, and then I'm gonna get your uh, two cents worth there. Uh, Drew McIntyre defeated Shanky and Ver. I can't even say this shit without even like being pissed off. Uh, Rhea Ripley pinned Nia Jax. T-Burn Mace defeated Mustafa Ali and Mansoor in a tag match. Tamina beat Dewdrop. Damian Priest beat John Morrison. Then John Morrison and Ricochet took on John... Or, sorry, Damian Priest and Ricochet took on John Morrison and Sheamus in a tag match. Uh, obviously, because they don't have enough people on the roster. they got to have Damian Priest work a double duty. Uh, Omos defeated Matt Riddle, or Riddle, sorry. Keith Lee defeated NWA, NWA NXT World Champ, Karrion Cross, And in the main event, Nikki A.S.H. defeated Charlotte Flair in a non-title, no holds barred street fight match, whatever. Uh, and I don't even... Uh, Corey, what did you think? It was awful. Uh, the show, <laughs> uh, Brett kind of mentioned it when he Move first back. started talking about it, was 
Raw is still doing the same thing where each week they'll just repeat the same matches. Three of the matches from this week or three of the matches that were on the show last week. Uh, it's really repetitive and it's hard to get through. Was it just me, though, or was a lot of murdery talk on Raw this week? <laughs> I know Goldberg or Lashley said something about he's going to murder Goldberg or kill him. Then uh, Drew McIntyre was saying he was going to chop people up with his sword, and he started swinging it in the ring. Uh, <laughs> I mean, for a PG show, they're certainly you know willing to uh, drop the the killer word uh, every so often. Uh, the only thing on the show really that was interesting to me was um, you know Nikki won the match at the end. I did not expect her to win. <laughs> um, <laughs> I kind of suspected that. It would probably be a screwy finish that, you know, Rhea probably would have came down and uh, squashed or, you know, tripped up Charlotte or something like that, and, and Nikki would have won that way and probably pinned her unbeknownst so she could still come across as, you know, the, the good, innocent superhero. Uh, but it didn't happen, so I was kind of impressed that they, you know, they let her pick up the win, so good for her. But all the other questions, uh, the matches on the show, I mean, they had Karrion Cross lose again. Uh, he lost to Keith Lee. I mean, I love Keith Lee, and I wish that they would push him to the moon, but he got Karrion Cross coming out there, and they announced him as the NXT champion, and every week he's losing. Man, you're just damaging. <laughs> it's like as if they, if they didn't have plans to get rid of NXT before in its current format, well, you know, it certainly tells you what sort of value uh, they place on the champion. If, you know, they're having Cross come out and lose all the time. Um... Tamina beat Dewdrop, fine. Then it had that stupid doll again. The doll stood up on its own, like the Undertaker. Like, oh my god! And you could tell the crowd hated it. Yeah. The crowd booed Alexa Bliss. They did not like her at they, all. They started <laughs> and, to boo, and then you could see, or yeah, you could hear, you could hear the fact that they covered it up or yeah. tried to cover up the crowd noise. But you could see people literally booing behind it. They do not like the Alexa Bliss character. And, you know, I assume that some of it is just the fact that they think it's stupid. And I'm sure a lot of it was probably fueled by the fact that they released Bray Wyatt. And now, you know, Alexa is saddled with that character, uh, with The Fiend, you know, being associated with that. And now Bray is gone. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, what I thought last time that we talked, you know, is definitely happening. Alexa is going to get the blowback uh, from Bray Wyatt's release. And people are going to shit all over her gimmick. And it's not going to be well received, and that was proof of it this time. Uh, they need to get her away from that as quick as they can to salvage Alexa Bliss at this point. Mm. Take her off television, drop the gimmick altogether, bring her back quietly on another brand or something like that, and then play it off as if it was like a bad dream or something. I don't know. Do something, but don't have her doing that anymore. Uh, it's ruining her, and uh, that's a shame because they don't have a lot of women on the main roster. Uh, who can have decent matches and have been around for a while and are you know, relatively well-known, uh, they can't afford to lose Alexa Bliss that way to a gimmick that's just really tanking at this point, I guess. Yeah, it's killing it, man. And you know, uh, Reggie's an exorcist as well. She's what? Reggie. Not Reggie's the exorcist? Is an exorcist as well. So that's oh, sweet lord. Well, I'm already talking about. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they're going to bring in Swinger as the Exorcist or something. Mm. <laughs> Let's get ready to go home. 
Yeah, that's right. I'm the Lord of Darkness. I'm well, I'm, I'm going to spend my time dicking over Eva Marie and Dewdrop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess it's safe to say the. I guess it's safe to say the women's evolution or revolution or whatever you want to call it is uh, dead, right? It's dead and gone because these matches, man. Every time I see Eva Marie in a segment or a two or three minute match, like what happened to the days of? Giving the women a chance and putting them on equal footing and all this stuff. Like, give me a break. It's over. It's done. Oh, yeah. Becky Lynch does not even want to come back now, I'm sure. It's called Becky. I was about to say, it's called Becky Lynch, and they need her more worse than they they ever needed her. Seriously. Like, I don't know. Since since she left, basically, it seems to be a totally different. Big time. uh, Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm half afraid they're going to bring her back and give her a sword like Drew and just have them go around chopping people up. Right. (laughs) Here you go. You're Scottish. Or whatever you are. Vince will be like, here's a score. Go uh, go cut people. Uh, Corey, what's the name of uh, Drew McIntyre's sword? Angela. <laughs> it was Angela. I know it, it sounded crazy when they said it, but I realized it's named after his mother. Uh, who passed away a couple of years ago. But if you just say that on television, the sword's name is Angela. It's like, you realize Angela is not a Scottish name. Right? Yeah. It's Latin. <laughs> That's stupid anyway. He's just a really big fan of who's the boss, right? (laughs) That's what I said. Who's the boss? Angela's the boss. Angela. Samantha. Um, (laughs) Guys, moving on. Let's get out of Raw because this is just going nowhere. This show is absolutely garbage. I'm only going to watch it because of this show. So if you are watching and listening and you appreciate our opinions on Raw, (laughs) I'm doing it for you. Feel free to chime in the comments with your boosting of Raw. Please, God. And if you're watching and you got this far, you're listening, uh, give us a thumbs up or a like or whatever you can. It's always going to help out the videos and, you know, get our videos out there. Um, NXT, guys, I'm, I'm starting to lose faith with NXT, too, and especially after last night's releases. This is just not going to look good for next week. But uh, last week's show, uh, not the best, in my opinion. The main event was decent. But uh, for the rest of the show, we had Ridge Holland back in action. He took on Oikum and Jiro. Uh, Roddy Strong took on and beat Bobby Fish, who was just released, obviously. Don't make sense. Uh, Grizzly Young Vets beat Cameron Grimes and L.A. Knight. Trey Baxter advanced in the NXT breakout tournament. He beat Joe Gacy. Uh, Hit Row Records defeated Legato the Fantasma by disqualification, sorry. And the main event I mentioned was Johnny Gargano defeating Dexter Loomis in a love-her-or-loser match. Um, the main event, like I said, it was okay. Uh, the match itself was decent. Had a lot of uh, outside uh, chicanery going on, especially at the end. Uh, Dexter lost, but, of course, uh, Index was reunited as Indy Hartwell charged the ring. Luthez pressed him and kissed the face off him. So, yeah, that was okay, I guess. But the rest of the show, Samoa Joe was in there as well. Uh, Karen Cross came out, cut a promo to beef that up. But even that matchup, guys, that matchup, I don't know. What are your overall thoughts on NXT right now, Harry? I got to gotta throw it to you. Well, I, NXT this week was not that great. Now, I want to chalk that up to it was a taped show. Like, they taped it, like, two weeks ago and on account of the Olympics. So, this week, what? They're, they're back live and they're on the right channel on, on USA. 
So Arkham yeah. Con caught him a little bit of slack for phoning in for two weeks. Uh, but I expect better this week, 100%. I don't know, man. It seems like, yeah, they, they lost that spark. There's no, like, even the top feuds, like the Samoa Joe and Karen Cross, yes, I'm, in, I'm invested, but I don't know. It seems like there's something still missing. I don't know if it's the outside, all this stuff going on that's distracting, but what do you think, Brett? What are your thoughts on NXT lately? I think we're NXT set us such a, a high bar, like the way it is for, you know, what are we, uh, 37 or 36? So, you know, we, they're even needing help from a Walter match to really make that, you know, build it as big as it is, which I think is going to be amazing and probably maybe one match of the year. So that's where I think really NXT is right now. And I really agree with the guys too. It was a tape. You can tell when stuff's taped. Like Portal Impact has been taped for the past four or five weeks, and it's just been got off of terrible, you know. It's just, and it's the same thing with NXT. Uh, when you got Ridge uh, Holland coming back and not even addressing like the people that he was feuding with when he left after that injury, like come on, guys, like that right there, like give the wrestling fans something that they want. They have him against Adam Cole or have him against. Uh, Oh, it Loomis he was feuding against as well. Like, bring him right into that. Make it a love triangle. You know, Ridge, he likes the big dudes or something. Yeah. You know, if you're making out the ring, just, you know. Sorry. <laughs> 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 dudes, I guess. I don't know. Like big dudes, and I cannot lie. <laughs> I must be the only one that liked this week's show. Is that is that it? It's so <laughs> boring to me. I don't know, Corey. What did you like about it? It wasn't bad. I liked I liked the main event. I liked that you know they had this logical, well, not logical, but you know the feel good moment for the crowd where Indy Hartwell finally got together with Dexter Loomis. Yeah, you know I, I thought that was a good way to end the show. But I mean, the capper on it for me was the Dakota Kai promo. Uh, you know where she explained you know how she was planning to turn on Raquel. You know, she's been there for so long, and the moment that, you know, she knew she was going to do it, and the, the passion that was in it, I thought it was probably Dakota Kai's best performance uh, that she's had in NXT so far. Uh, and, uh, well, <laughs> sadly, it's also another promo. Uh, the promo for Walter and Ilya Dragunov, too. Uh, I cannot wait to see that match. Uh, Walter is somebody who I highly enjoy. I probably think he's the best thing about WWE at the moment. Um, but I mean, I also liked, um, what else? Um, uh, I like the, 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 the tournament. Uh, the match was okay, but the Cameron Grimes and LA Knight against the Grizzly Young Veterans and the crowd is just so hot for Cameron Grimes. Like yeah. they, they are playing the story out really well. Like the crowd you know, everybody knew that LA Knight was never going to finish that match with him, that, you know, he was going to wind up turning on Grimes. And then when that happened, and, you know, the crowd booed the hell out of, out of Knight, and they all got behind Grimes and tried to get him, you know, riled up and stuff. I mean, they're telling this story really, really well. It's probably the best thing that they have on NXT right now. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I enjoyed the show overall. Had a couple of slow matches with, you know, the opener, which is sad because I kind of thought that Hit Row after their, you know, everybody was so big on them after their in-ring singing performance and stuff like that. You know, it seemed like they were really going to stay on top, but it seems like that kind of momentum is stalled. 
And I think that relying purely on the whole Samoa Joe and Regal talking about how he's going to get revenge on Karrion Cross rather than having them actually come face to face or, you know, have like a small moment between the two of them uh, has kind of hurt that. I understood it was probably because of the taping. Um, but yeah, I mean, that really does need to get some steam going behind it uh, leading up to takeover for sure. <laughs> but other than that, I thought the show was good. <laughs> um. Anyone think Walter's losing that title? Because I damn well sure think he is. Uh, <laughs> I think it's the end of the road for Walter in, U- in the UK. Yeah, unless he's uh, for some reason, I feel like he's coming over to NXT and he's probably going to feud with Joe. He's going to take title off of Joe. Maybe have title for a year over there now. I, I don't know. I just got a feeling. Brett, what do you think? I don't know. Uh, I, th- I still think uh, he got one more big feud in NXT UK, which hasn't happened yet. Uh, WWE has Harry Smith Jr. Yeah, makes way too much sense for two of those guys to go at it. Give them a very long program. You know, Walter beats Dragic. Um, you know, knowing what he's left, Harry Smith Jr. shows up. Or on NXT UK, same thing. Celebration, they come out. Who's left? Type of thing. Harry Smith Jr. comes out. It just man, it just makes too much sense. Yeah, and they kind of. They already had him in a dark match, and then they iced him right away. So that means there's obviously something that they got for him. I hope. <laughs> Perhaps. I yeah, tend to agree. I do think that, yeah, Harry Smith is the one I think kind of is kind of tailor-made to take it off of him. I kind of think that this match with Dragonoff is just kind of – he hasn't ha- – or Walter hasn't had a match now on TV for a while. Uh, they're gonna. They postponed it, you know, with the hand injury. I think to kind of get it over in front of the American fans, uh, where it's going to take place at a regular takeover to kind of boost uh, the mystique of Walter again in front of everyone. And I do think probably Harry Smith will probably come out after that match and maybe challenge uh, Walter for the title. Maybe not that night, but you know, to set it up. Um, I mean, it just makes so much sense to have somebody from the UK, you know, and the son of the British Bulldog you know, challenge somebody who's been a champion for a thousand plus days now uh, in uh, NXT UK. Yeah, hell of a fucking, hell of a rain, man. Like, oh, the man thinking, like I don't know, it <laughs> gotta come to the end, man. It gotta come to the end. Never, never. Walter's never. unbeatable. He's made out of meat and potatoes and he will chop the shit out of anybody. I don't care. <laughs> He'll be buried with that title. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, vote for Walter, by the way, now, if you're a big fan in the uh, favorite big man tournament uh, we got going on in the wrestling shed. We have a bunch of polls going on all times throughout the week. Uh, right now is the greatest big man tournament. So uh, a few interesting votes there, fellas. Have we been looking at those or what? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of uh, interesting the way people vote there. We all don't think the same, obviously. Uh, move on to Dynamite here. Uh, Dynamite was actually a pretty decent show, a little bit better than the week before. Uh, not so much blood and guts, if you will. But uh, I'm going to quickly run down the card here right now. We opened up with uh, Chris Jericho taking on Juventud Guerrera in his uh, third labor of Jericho. It was interesting. Uh, John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and Darby Allen won a match over the debut, the debuting. Uh, 2.0, who were formerly known as who? Ever Rise. Ever Rise, <laughs> right. I always forget the team name. 
Uh, Daniel Garcia was their partner in that one. Uh, pretty decent match. Christian Cage beat the Blade in one of their uh, grudge matches. Miro retained a TNT title against Lee Johnson. Uh, Layla Hirsch, as mentioned by Brett earlier, defeated the Bunny in a number one contenders match for the NWA women's title. So she'll be taking on Camille. Um, I'm not sure when, guys. When is that match actually slated for, did they say? I think they said at the NWA 76th anniversary show. Is that what it is? Okay. Uh, and main event, uh, the highlight of the show for me and a lot of others, Malachi Black had his AEW in-ring debut and roasted Cody Rhodes. Uh, who wants to start this one out, guys? Uh, Harry, how about you, man? Did you enjoy Dynamite this week? I, I did. I did. I got to say that I did. Um, not so much Jericho versus Hooven to Guerrero. I wasn't really invested in that uh, at all. I mean, Hooven to is like, why do you even care whether or not Jericho gets a piece of MJF? I don't understand. Like, you came out of reti- you're 15 years retired. You're coming out of it for this. <laughs> okay, I'm back to being retired now. I'm good. Um, I like the I like the six man tag there. In fact, I think they should have started the show with that as opposed to Jericho and Hooventu because the crowd was way more into that one. Uh, there, I think that would have been a better start to the show. Um. And then with the uh, Dynamite, uh, there, what else? Yeah, I liked Layla Hirsch versus uh, versus the Bunny. And the size difference between Layla and Camille is great. Like, I had no idea she was that. I knew she was a big woman, you know. But, I mean, and those cameras on NWA do not do her justice. It's no. like, to quote Slick, she's a big woman. <laughs> 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 you know, it's like she's crazy. Um, and of course, I say she'd be able to throw you on the floor in a figure four there, Harry. Oh, well, that's it. I wouldn't complain. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, Malachi Black against Cody Rhodes. Loved it. Loved it. I love the fact that he kicked him in the face and drove him through a table. And then Cody got up and he's like, Oh, oh I'm going to retire. Oh, it's so sad. And then Malachi Black, No, you're not going to retire. You're fit. You retire when I finish it. That's it. Yeah. I enjoyed time. that as well. Uh, Malachi Blackman, they did the him right. Cody put him over as well as he put over Brody Lee, just to full dominate and just kick his ass, man. Like, that was perfectly well done. Um, I got to ask, though, I got to throw this out. Uh, Corey or Brett, Christian Cage, number one contender. What the hell? Why? Brett, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd say it was something in his contract before all these other guys. Yeah. Got, and it was a storyline that was – they, they kind of – actually, I thought that he was – I thought he had a match a while ago where he was the number one contender or months ago he was close or something that they were going to angle him against Omega anyways. Uh, it's one of these things, like, they're, it's still WCW stuff. They're running so hot. Like, they just run out of guys for Omega to fight. So they're just like, yeah, he's number one contender. You know, mm-hmm. the blade the blade obviously if you beat the blade in AEW, you that's an automatic title shot right there. <laughs> a couple of things, guys, I gotta say about the show. Um why in the hell did they have the guys in that six man tag? I'm sorry. Like you got three of your mega superstars, or sorry, two big mega superstars and another guy who's super hot kings in against three bums. I'm sorry. Like I know like it's all about the wrestling and it's all about that. 
that that had such a WCW vibe on it. It's unreal. Like back in the day when Hogan and the guys would be on uh, Nitro, like they'd never fight anyone good. So like it was one of those things. It I guess they, uh, Moxley and Sting never had a moment, so they were just trying to create one. Like at the end of it, like oh, the pictures they were taking was worth more than that match to me. Uh, other than that, like good show, really, really good show. Um, it just didn't make sense. Like 2.0 and this other jabroni I never heard of against three of your top faces. Like, guys, you got you got way better wrestlers on your roster. You only got a two-hour show. Give me something better than that. I'm sorry. And I pretty like the Hoovertoot and Guerrero thing. Uh, Hoovertoot was a little bit sloppy there at times. But uh, classic next week, man. You got MJF refing a match against Jericho Wardlow. How is he going to win? I don't know. So, yeah, don't even get me started on these labors, man. I went off on that last week. Like, why? Why? Like, no, I'm not doing it. I don't I, understand. It's like Cody. Like, I and I, I'm sorry, I'm taking up a bit of time here, but with Cody, poor old Malachi Black, don't know what's going to come to him. Cody always gets the revenge win. So once Cody does his show and kisses his baby and he's not retiring, like, my God, how many times? Is like, that's going to, he'll do that. Like, how, Dusty, it's a Dusty Rose thing. How many yeah. times does Dusty Rose retire and come back? A thousand times. Yeah, like a dozen. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, it was, a, it was almost a running joke. He was, retired. he was retired when I first started watching wrestling for God's sake. <laughs> Cody will come back as midnight Cody. <laughs> Mask on. <laughs> but overall, I mean, there was some hits, a few misses. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a completely reformed AEW fan, but I'll be 100% honest. If you go back and watch one of our first shows, I hated AEW and everything they'd done. But I don't know if it's the combination of what's going on in WWE land, but I'm a little more forgiving over AEW and giving them a little more leeway, maybe a little more uh, room on the chain. But overall, there's still things that drive me absolutely crazy. Uh, Aubrey Edwards drives me nuts. The Bucks are idiots. They got to get on the go with these rules and stuff, the countouts, and, like, I don't understand. Just simple logic is being overlooked. But uh, Jericho looked like shit, man. He looked like okay. absolute crap. Looked like me in the ring with no training whatsoever. I wasn't a fan of that. Ants was gonna or, come what do you think? What do you think about Dynamite overall, man? Were you as uh, forgiving I, as some people? I didn't care for this week's Dynamite. I'll be honest. Um, you know, the match with Juventud and Jericho, I understood. You know, there's a history between the two of them, but you know, to follow up a death match against Nick Gage with "Let's go fight this guy I fought 15 years ago" on WCW. How is that supposed to be a step up in like danger to Jericho not being able to complete the labors? It really didn't make any sense to me. And then to have Wardlow be the final, you know, challenge or labor or whatever they're calling. I really does come across as like a step down. Like, uh, you know, I was, it's like they should have shot them in reverse order. It was almost exactly. like Wardlow should have been the first mm -hmm. one with the obvious cheating by MJF and he overcame that and move up to like gauge being the last one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I kind of have lost momentum in this. I know Jericho is going to get past all the labors. He's going to fight MJF. There's no <laughs> drama there at all. So <laughs> I don't care about that. Um, the whole idea about 
uh, you guys were talking about Christian Cage and uh, you know being number one contender and stuff. Uh, it also happened later on in the show with Red Velvet now being the number one contender for yeah, Britt yeah. Baker. Uh, it's just really, I guess they kind of soured on Hangman having his match, and uh, they just went back to their default of, well, let's consult the record books and see who has the most wins, and we'll stick to that rule that we created saying that that's going to count, and yeah. that's who's going to be our number one contender. So Christian gets to be it by default because they didn't want to go through with Hangman, and now Red Velvet apparently is... Uh, throwing around words like enhancement talent during her promo to get herself over for some reason. Uh, yeah. challenging I, I, I didn't care for that. I don't like when they do stuff like that using the insider terms. You know, mm. It comes across as just being too smart for the sake of being smart. Really don't like that. No. Um, there was something else on the show that was really strange. Um, are we supposed to really like Frankie Kazarian as the elite hunter when he gets his ass handed to him every week that he comes out and tries to stop them. Exactly. <laughs> he comes out to save Paige from a beatdown, you know, in the Dark Order. You know, that was the only thing on the show that I thought was interesting was Hangman separated himself from the Dark Order and then the elite were going to beat him up and they came out and they wanted to help him and Evil Uno was telling him, no, this is the way it's got to be. It's what he wants. You know, I eventually get, you know, there's going to be a reconciliation moment and the crowd will love it and stuff. And I think that'll be pretty cool. But then you had Kazarian come out to help him as the elite hunter, whatever that's supposed to mean. And he gets absolutely murdered by the rest of them as well. So he was no help to anybody. <laughs> um, you got more guts than brains, though, you see? <laughs> you watch the impact um, this week and see how he got his revenge. Oh, no, I will not. <laughs> <laughs> he will have to have his revenge on a show I'm watching for me to understand it. <laughs> um, but uh, Miro against Lee Johnson. Um, yeah. Was it just me? Like, Lee Johnson got way too much offense in on Miro. I mean, he's been such a dominant champion. I understood the idea was to give like him like a babyface kind of push, you know, to show like, he could be like an underdog, the plucky guy that, uh, you know, can... You know, mount a comeback and stuff, but man, he went on for a long time against Miro. Uh, yeah, I didn't think that did Miro any favors of uh, you know continuing his role as being unstoppable. And the Malachi Black thing at the end, um, love that he destroyed Cody. No complaints about that whatsoever. Then Cody launches into his spiel about you know looks like he's going to retire and stuff. And then Black just wanders back in and cracks him over to. <laughs> well, first of all, I have to comment on the fact that. They gave him that little tiny crotch. Like, what was he supposed to do with that? There was, there was no chance it was going to hold Cody up unless he was down on his knees. I thought it was like Marco Stunt's crotch or something. Yeah. But And then Malachi comes in and wails him with the crotch and lays him out again, but doesn't say anything after. Kind of threw me off. It felt really strange. All Malachi had to say was like, you know, you don't get to retire on your time. You retire on my time or something. And then just end it. And then I thought it would have been way more impactful. But... You know, I love seeing Malachi dominate Cody here. The one foot on his chest pinning him made him look like a million bucks. I thought that was great. But other than that, I didn't really care for much of the show uh, whatsoever, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. It's, uh, like I said, it's hit and miss. I'm not going to be uh, gushing over everything because it's not all good. But at the same time, there was a few things that made me uh, give him a little bit more credit. Uh, Guys, this day in history, for anyone who's uh, a big fan, 20 years ago in the WWE, we had an eventful SmackDown taping. 
Uh, Diamond Dallas Page and Canyon captured the WWF Tag Team Championship from the APA, thus becoming the first WCW Tag Team to win a WWF Tag Team Championship. Uh, better days, maybe? Uh, nostalgia? Anyone, anyone remember those days? <laughs> All I can remember uh, is Chronic getting absolutely murdered by Undertaker and Kane. <laughs> that was like the next month or something, by the way. Yeah, that was my favorite match in the entire Invasion thing. Was they made absolutely murdered. <laughs> Wasn't even close. <laughs> they they, they uh, made him look bad. I think that pretty much ruined him after that, right? Oh, yeah. I don't Page. think they wrestled after that ever. I don't think no. Page was totally was like off TV for months then. And I don't know. Um, Sable's birthday this is, is today. Old Sable bomb, Marina Miro, turns 54 years old. Guys, really? were you a fan of Sable back in the day? I always found she was like... She's 54 now? She's 54. Oh, Although the Sable, the Sable bombs are only 24, so... Um, <laughs> I thought I was older than Sable. Yeah, were a fan yeah. of Sable. I was found her like old. I was like 15, yeah. 16. But I, I thought she was old back when she was on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Brett, you fancy? Young seem to be so much older than like Sonny and like Tori and like just uh, insane. The rest of them was like I thought she was like forty when he was on. Yeah. We all know. Uh, we all know Brock Lesnar watches the show, so I love Sable. Oh yeah, I love her. Please don't kill me, Brock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Brock's watching the show and uh, his hunting shack up in Saskatoon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fifty-four years old. God love her. Uh, Moving on to SmackDown, guys. Who watched SmackDown last night? Because the first hour was interesting. Uh, and I say interesting in terms of SmackDown is slowly turning into Raw. It's uh, become very just stagnant, uh, uncomfortable segments that makes no sense. It's almost like a bizarre world. And then especially last night, an hour into the show, you get all these releases from NXT. So, like, basically the second half of the show I didn't give a shit about uh, Jey Uso took on Dominic Mysterio. Uh, King Nakamura defeated uh, Apollo Crews by disqualification. Commander Aziz jumped in there, show how talented he is. Uh, Tegan Knox got her first name back as she defeated Tamina, one half of the tag team champions. Uh, speaking of champions, Bianca Belair defeated Zelina Vega in a match. And Finn Balor defeated Baron Corbin in the main event. Uh, the main event slot was, of course, the Usos and Roman Reigns beating the shit out of Finn Balor. Um, yeah, where's Tony Storm at, guys? Three weeks ago, she debuted and won a match, and now Zelina Vega, who lost that match, is getting a match against Bianca Belair. Like, anyone want to start picking this apart? Because we could be here for hours. Corey, what do you think? Not a good show. <laughs> Not a good show at all. No. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing on there that actually, you know, was really good to me was Finn Balor. Like, I like his tone now that he's, you know, not impressed with John Cena and, you know, he's going to confront him about the fact that he signed his contract and stole his, his match away uh, from Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Uh, the rest of it, I don't know, it just didn't feel right to me. I mean, I'm so sick of the Usos now and the Mysterios. I don't care about that. Montez Ford returned from injury. Oh, right, yeah. But he had, you know, his millionth match against Ziggler and Rude. Didn't care about that. <laughs> um, 
Nakamura beat um, the Nigerian guy, Apollo. Cruz. Um, don't care. I mean, it was good that they didn't have Nakamura beat Cruz outright. No. But why are they having these things where the champions have to fight somebody first before they get a match? And they're always calling them these championship contenders match. Shouldn't yeah. that be decided by them fighting other guys to get better rankings, to, you know, more wins to fight the champion rather than if I you can beat the champion first, yeah, then you can have a match against the champion. Uh, because AEW calls them eliminator matches. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> totally different. Totally different. Totally different. Yeah. But, but I mean, the only thing I'm doing, like really the thing that made the show for me, the thing I took the most away from him was as much as I – don't like Edge. <laughs> the Edge versus Seth Rollins promo, where they were pointing at each other and saying, like, you wanted to be me, and I'm more like you, and you're Edge light and stuff like that. I thought that was really well done. Um, man, I think that WWE is blowing their budget on Seth Rollins' suits. <laughs> Every time he's on television, he has one of these outlandish suits on. He must have a, a closet, like a full, full stadium, <laughs> uh, just full of these suits, which is great. But, yeah, I mean, their mic work was really good. I'm not sure how good their match will be. I'm still kind of iffy on Edge, you know, his in-ring ability and stuff at this point. But they're drawing on history, which, you know, makes me more interested uh, in the match itself. Uh, but the rest of the show, Roman dominated at the end. And, you know, Usos helped him and he stomped Finn Balor flat. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> but other than that, it just felt like it wasn't all together. And uh, like you said, uh, Chad, it feels like SmackDown has taken a step backwards. Like it's not as good as it's been uh, in the previous months. No, totally not. I mean, Raw as bad as it's been for well, seems like forever now. But we always had SmackDown, and at least SmackDown's not so bad. It's not you know, it's not as bad as Raw. It's not as good as NXT, but hell, it's SmackDown. But now it's like it's they're all going through the motions, not even making any sense. Stuff is ignored. I don't mm. know, man. I'm I'm really starting to lose a lot of faith. Like it's pissing me off. <laughs> Brett, what did you think of SmackDown last night? Did you catch any of it? Yeah, I caught bits and pieces of it. Uh, it's it's SmackDown actually for the past two months has been the same show. Like the Mysterios have been fighting new shows. Roman Rain comes out, shows his teeth, says a couple of cool promos, head to the table, yada yada yada. We have a good match once in a blue moon. No women's, no women wrestle on SmackDown. There's probably about four or five of them that actually on the show ever. Uh, I I like Finn Balor coming back. That was a good little spot, little highlight thing. Um, just right now, there's not enough horses. They do not have enough horses out there. Or it's the same horses we've been watching again and again and again. Like, here's an idea. Take Dolph Ziggler. And take uh, Robert Roode, Bobby Roode, and split them up. Like they're two great wrestlers. It's enough for these guys, these amazing wrestlers, and tag teams. Like I do understand, like having okay, it's either you have a tag division or you don't. They don't. Not really. The thing no. I don't get, Brett, not to cut you off there, but the Usos and the Mysterios are feuding right now over the WWE or the SmackDown tag titles. One week they got Jimmy Uso taken on Dominic. The next week you got Rey Mysterio taken on Jay Uso. The week after that you got Rey Mysterio taken on Jimmy Uso. Like, are you gonna have a match? Or are you gonna have a tag match? Like, have the Mysterios versus Rude and Ziggler, 
or have Otis and uh, Gable versus the Mysterios. Like, do tag matches in a yeah. tag division. Like, does it not make sense or what? I don't understand this. It seems like they're just diver- the, there's no direction in like all these uh, little stories before the matches. Like, oh my god, what a train wreck that has been! Like, they <laughs> some of the most awkward moments in any of the shows. Right when you can tell them, like, okay, you got 15 seconds to ad lib some crap right now, and you know you, you can tell there's nothing was given, no direction was given to them, and they're just like, okay, you wing it. No, these guys can't wing it. These guys are not professionals. These guys aren't seasoned veterans. They're not John Cena's. There's not rocks out there. So these guys need direction. And it's just one of those things like, you know, oh, my God, you got jumped behind. I'm going to get the person now. You go get them. And that's a match. <laughs> like, Distractions. Distraction pins. Like in the Tamina match. Tamina versus Keegan Knox. I know it's not going to be a five-star classic. But they went out there. They had the general, I think it was 92nd match. Shotzi was on the outside with a fucking tank and shot off a distraction. And Tamina looked at it like an idiot and then got rolled up and pinned. Hmm. Like, who's writing this stuff, man? Like, you should be taken out into a field and tired and feathered. This is ridiculous. Like, it don't make any sense in the wrestling world. But, of course, WWE is not really wrestling anymore, is it? I don't know. Uh Anyone have anything else to add to this? Because SmackDown was generally a thumbs down for me. I think he should review WWE now on. It should be talk about the good. And this will cut down the show. I'll just check in. No, there was nothing good this week. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, no, no, no. All no right, change. Mm-hmm. Second week in a row, we have nothing to say about WWE. And can somebody, can somebody tell the WWE production team that that graphic they have of Roman Reigns is really scary to children? <laughs> that thing is just awful looking. It looks like something that a PS2 designer threw away in a garbage bin somewhere. When <laughs> Roman Reigns goes and does his little thing, I hate that thing so much. Some of the other things that they create are, you know, they look great, but that thing looks like it's. Oh, it looks, looks awful. It looks like Slender Man. <laughs> yeah. God. What happened to Kevin Owens? Where's Kevin Owens? He was where's supposed Cesaro? to. Be. I think he's still taking a couple of weeks off. I think. Yeah, he was supposed to. Well, where's Randy Orton? Where's Randy well, Orton? Randy Orton is just a mystery. I don't know where he is. <laughs> I don't know, man. Get the milk carton going. And like we said, there's no kayfabe reason even for him to be gone. No. And they're still referencing him, so there's nothing like secretive about it either, so. I don't know. Hands up in the air yet again. Uh, also, this day in history, another one. Uh, 19 years ago, folks, talk about some TNA wrestling. On episode 8 of the weekly pay-per-views, Ron the Truth Killings defeated Jeff Jarrett to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. That was in 2002, fellas. Who was watching TNA back then? That was one of my favorite TNA moments of all time. I love TNA. When killings used to come down and you'd be smoking a cigarette and yeah person whatnot. Man, I used to love him back then. I can't believe like it's the same guy still. He doesn't <laughs> age. Like the man must be about sixty years old now, but he looks like he was the he same guy better. way back then. But when he beat Jared for the title on that pay per view, you know, the weekly pay per views, that was amazing to me. I never thought that he would get a chance after he was K Quick or whatever he was in his first right. run in WWF. 
Uh, you know, I figured, you know, he's going to come in there and to see him come out on the pay-per-view and he was smoking a cigarette and mouthing off to people in the crowd and stuff. I was like, man, you know, this guy, he's got something. And then they had him beat Jeff Jarrett. I was so impressed. <laughs> yeah. It was good, man. I, I long for those old, uh, NWA TNA days, the old weekly pay-per-views, $9.99 or $9.95 or something, weren't they? Yeah, like 10 bucks or something. The whole Ravens quest to become NWA world champion and stuff, that was great stuff. I used to love that. But uh, moving on, guys, a little bit of sad news, or a lot of sad news, I should say, because uh, this week we lost a few wrestlers, uh, two in particular. Uh, the assassin Jody Hamilton, uh, big in the 60s, 70s, and even into the 80s. He worked uh, backstage in WCW, was a trainer in the power plant, and trained a lot of wrestlers uh, throughout the years, had a lot of respect in the back. He uh, he passed away this week. And also, on Wednesday, we got the word that beautiful Bobby Eaton, uh, most well-known as one half of the Midnight Express uh, through the 80s, 90s, passed away as well. Um, Beautiful Bobby was hard, man. Beautiful Bobby, I'm sure all of you guys are very, very familiar with, and anyone who's watching has been a longtime fan. Uh, He was probably one of the most underrated guys, and uh, the more I say that, people are saying that as well, so thusly, he's probably rated, but uh, deservedly so. Guys, anyone want to say a few words about old beautiful Bobby and maybe throw in our favorite match or moments? Corey, how about you, man? Yeah, beautiful Bobby is uh, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I definitely usually put him in my top ten. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Midnight Express. Uh, way back when I was, you know, five, six years old, and started watching wrestling. Uh, some of the first matches I ever saw were like, you know, beautiful Bobby and Sweet Stan against uh, the originals, or against the Fantastics in uh, UWF and NWA times. Um, the man was a consummate professional, so smooth in the ring. Um, he and, uh, you know, Stan Lane and stuff were really strong tag, but as a singles performer, when he started to get, you know, run in WCW and they, you know, he was the TV champ and then he was part of the dangerous Alliance. And then he was with, uh, Aaron Anderson and with Steve Regal as the blue bloods, the man couldn't do no wrong. Um, he was one of probably the best wrestlers that never became a world champion. Uh, I'm glad that he did have, you know, a singles run where he was a TV champ. I can't remember. Did he put the United States title on him? No, just the TV. No. Um, but, you know, he was a world champion for the tag team division, uh, first U.S. and I think the only uh, combination United States and world tag team champions in the NWA and WCW. Um, yeah, I mean, I was a huge fan of his. Uh, it's a great loss. Um, Sad to, see him, sad to see him go. For anyone who's not familiar, though, uh, younger guys even, or younger fans, I should say, um, a lot of what you're reading and hearing and seeing this week, people are saying a lot, obviously, uh, deservedly so, great things about Bobby Eaton. You might wonder why, but he was a ridiculously great wrestler. And one of those guys that didn't exactly, like, wasn't flashy, didn't stand out overly and wasn't a big personality, but he was so technically sound in the ring to the point where you didn't realize how good he was. And like, I went back and watched a bunch of matches this week since he passed away and uh, made up a little list actually. So if anyone wants to go ahead and go on to the uh, wrestling shed channel on YouTube, 
uh, go in the playlist section and check out the beautiful Bobby playlist because there's uh, definitely a few matches you'll find impressive in there between the Road Warriors, the Fantastics, Rock and Roll Express, and uh, like Corey said, throughout his singles career in 91, 92, 93. Um, yeah. Uh, Harry, were you a big fan of the old uh, beautiful Bobby or what? I I did like I did like the uh, the Midnight Express. Um, I don't have quite as many memories as, of course, when Gore was watching. I was younger and couldn't really comprehend uh, because it wasn't like a big muscle-bound yellow and orange guy. Um, however, I do have a match uh, that does stand out. Of course, it was the Skywalker match. Uh, oh, with, the, with the Fantastics versus the Midnight Express. Uh, there, so that was yeah, that, that was a great match for sure. And and Bobby Eaton was really good in that one. Uh, Bobby Eaton, man, so well respected in the uh industry and in the business of pro wrestling, so much to the point that Bill Goldberg actually wanted him to end the streak on one of the nitros. Uh, came across that the week and it kind of blew my mind. Obviously, WCW were like, The hell with that, we can't do that. But uh, that's how much, you know, love and respect Goldberg had for him at the time that he wanted to put over Bobby Eaton. So that really tells you a lot. Uh, Brett, you're a little bit younger than us, but were you a fan of Bobby Eaton in your but, day? Or? But for me, guys, Bobby Eaton was um, pretty much WCW Saturday Night type wrestler, uh, WCW Worldwide. But I, I do remember, man, his finisher was awesome. The Alabama, uh, Alabama Jam, man, that was one move. Yeah. That's one move where I was just like, Jesus, is he hurt killing this person? <laughs> you know, when you're a kid, uh no, he was he's he's a great he was a great technician. He was the type of guy you'd throw him in with anyone. Uh, you know, a big face or the big heel and he'd always have a good he was one of those guys who would kinda when I seen him in his career, he was kinda back and forth. He wasn't a good guy, he wasn't a bad guy. You could just tell he was a gatekeeper who yeah. just when they wanted to really test out somebody they threw him in with Bobby Eaton. And to, for me, when you're talking about that Goldberg story, like, what an ultimate. Like, obviously, he probably helped out Bill Goldberg a lot. And, you know, Eric Bischoff wasn't having anything to do with uh, that storyline. Like, uh, no, we ain't doing that Barry Horwich shit about him. Um, the same story I came across, too, of uh, Randy Savage had a match on Worldwide or, or Saturday night in mm -hmm. 97 or 98 towards the end of uh, – the 90s but anyway he was scheduled for a enhancement match and he actually wanted to pick bobby eaton to have the match with so they said you okay we'll give you five six you go out do your thing put over savage savage was like no what i, I want to have a good match with bobby they went out and had a 15 minute match back and forth and it was really freaking good match unsuspectedly on a saturday night or whenever it was but that's also on the playlist. So if you haven't checked that out, go on to the uh, Wrestling Shed YouTube, of course, and check that out. But uh, yeah, too bad, man. I know Cornette, uh, Jim Cornette, obviously a lifelong friend of his, uh, is going to have a tribute episode of his uh, drive-through or drive or experience show. Um, Bobby, I believe, came out today. So if you've got some time after you watch us and listen to us, check that one out as well. I'm sure it'll be a great tribute because those two go back further than God knows who. Um, question of the week time as we uh, set the wrap up here, fellas. It's uh, about the releases of WWE of uh, this week. So we got a release type question. Um, 
Yeah. Brett, do you want to take the lead on this one, man? Yeah. So this is one where we're hoping that, you know, who's the most untouchable or who we hope you don't get through. That what we're saying? Yeah. Well, guys, if Roman Reigns gets released, then we know the ship is that Titanic is. So that's my story. If that's, you know, that's the tipping point there. They've released an active champion or somebody we know that has is making crazy big bucks. Then we know, okay, something something's happening really soon. So that's yeah, like we're getting to the point now, like I don't know if anyone's untouchable, but there gotta be someone out there. I feel like obviously if we heard a Cena or Edge or someone along the legendary status, but for someone that I don't want to see released, um I don't know. I, I enjoy Matt Riddle on WWE TV. I wouldn't want to see him released right now, but I don't know. I'll just pass it on to uh, Harry for this one. Let's see what you got to say, Harry. Yeah, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't want to see Finn Balor get released there. I think you know they could uh, really uh, build around him if they were so inclined. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, though. I mean, Jesus Christ, you got so much hesitation behind these people now like i don't know if it's hard it's hard i don't know if i want to get behind too many people anymore Corey, what do you think who's on your list that you would not to want to see i had to think of one you know male and one female okay uh the first male i would think that i would not want to see a release is walter uh mm -hmm. i think walter is in the right place now at the right time um wwe you know they've kept him in his you know environment in the UK. Uh, now it seems like they're getting ready to possibly bring him over to the US, where I think he'll become a huge star. I think if he went somewhere else right now, I don't think he'd get the same kind of exposure, and the mystique would be lost that they've already invested in him. So I don't want to see him get released. Uh, and the other one is Bailey. Um, I don't want to see Bailey get released. Uh, she seems to have really bridged that kind of gap between what a wrestler is. And what a WWE superstar is. Uh, she's really good in the ring, but her persona that she has now that she's turned into you know, a heel with you know, the smarmy attitude towards the crowd, and she has all this shtick where she interacts with Cole, and it really adds to her overall dynamic. I don't want to see Bailey uh, get released from WWE. Yeah, I can uh, I can agree with that for sure. Bailey's unfortunately injured right now, but maybe hopefully uh, before long she'll back, be back on TV even with Michael Cole doing commentary with uh, Pat McAfee. Um, guys, I want to take this time out right now to uh, give a shout-out to our sponsor. That's the Five Town Barber brand. Uh, check them out right now, fivetownbarber.com. Uh, go book yourself a shave, a haircut, maybe get some braids going. I don't know. Uh, down at Fog Town, uh, right now you can get yourself uh, any anything what you need. And at the side shop online, you can use the code Wrestling Shed for 10% off any of the uh, items in their shop. So, yeah, check out Fog Town right now, 134 Water Street here in St. John's, Newfoundland. Um, guys, anyone got any uh, last-minute thoughts before we wrap up here? Anyone want to throw anything else in there? Yeah, oh, we right. talked about releases, but we didn't talk about the release of Ric Flair. Woo! Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Not exactly a big, uh, you know, detrimental release, but at the same time, why wouldn't you not have Ric Flair on the Legends contract? Mm. Uh, then again, people are throwing around the, the fact that maybe he wanted out, so... 
don't know. Yeah. What do you That's think, my understanding, Brett? too. He, it seems like he... Uh, he, he was, oh, you go ahead, Corey. Sorry, oh, yeah, he, I think he was in Newsweek or something lately talking about how he thought it was the right time to move away and he wants to kind of start doing stuff with his own branded kind of products like uh, wine and a couple of other things that he mentioned. So it seems like the, you know, it does align. But, I mean, you got to admit, I mean, it's a huge loss not to have Ric Flair, uh, you know, signed to a Legends contract with your organization. Uh, it's really tough. I mean, from the sound of it, it sounds like he's doing his own thing, so I don't think there's much threat of him going to another brand. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a kind of a loss. But, you know, if it's a mutual thing, well, that's all you can do. Well, yeah. will he head to AEW, where he could do any number of things? He could actually manage Andrade. <laughs> He could reunite with Aaron Anderson and Tully Blanchard. And hey, he don't take is. this away from Chavo. Chavo needs this bad. <laughs> yeah. Give uh, Andrade's, what, fourth mouthpiece? Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, Ric Flair, uh, you know, he don't need to go to AEW, but God damn it, they love their WCW nostalgia, so I would not be surprised to see Ric Flair there before the end of the year. Flair ain't missing that money train, baby. He knows right now if AEW is going to be the hottest it's ever going to be, mm -hmm. as I said, we're going to know where everything's going to sit at the end of September. So if there's money to be made, he's going to be there. Ric Flair got his – I'm going to elaborate. He got his own clothing line right now. He makes his own suits, the wine thing. And I'm pretty sure he is, like, in the top ten, the top five most requested people at uh, memorabilia shows right now. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Just, he is in so in demand that way. That you know, like I think the WWE was there when he kind of hit the the ditch for about the twentieth time in his life, and they picked oh, him up, yeah. gave him money, and you know he listen. That's always there, you know. If if uh, Fifi, you know, drops him again, and you know he's down under his lock, and he's you know back in the ring, well, he'll be back in WWE before you know. <laughs> Versus Kenny Omega, sixty hours, sixty man Iron Match. He can't go in the ring anymore because Gallows is wearing his robe in the promos. Gallows looking great in the uh, Ric Flair robe on Dynamite. <laughs> it looked like a kimono on Gallows. <laughs> it was that small on him. That was ridiculous. And they're still going with the basketball gimmick. Did they take two impacts or uh, Dynamites in a row? Mm -hmm. like, like, there's no, is there residual money coming from this Space Jam deal? Or like, <laughs> I think know? they used it. Uh, people were saying online that the symbolism behind them cutting down the net was that their news was breaking the internet, breaking the net. Uh, <laughs> and then they said that the Hawaiian shirts that the Bucks were wearing was symbolic of Bray Wyatt. And then they had Rick right, yeah. and then they had that for a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. And then he was wearing a Cookie Monster shirt, uh, Omega was, for CM Punk. So. The AEW fans are looking through this little lens. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, 1,500 of them probably watch. <laughs> but boys, you got to drop them fucking jokes. I'm sorry. Like, oh, you got a Cookie Monster shirt on? I just, I just think you like the Cookie Monster. Yeah. Oh, those cool cat shirts got all the time. Like, oh, my God. Like, this is sad. <laughs> yeah, it's trying to be too clever for the sake of you know the casual fan has no idea what you're talking about whatsoever. I, like I love, there's nothing better than like you're like when they're hitting these CM Punk little subliminal hints. Like there, that is cool. Like if you're a comic book collector or anything like that, you love like little droplets and you love little you know things, breadcrumbs and like 
oh my god this is what they're referring to but mm. like when there's about 1500 people in the world watching it and they're catering to them like come on boys yeah Get over yourselves <laughs> what's uh what's cm punk gonna do guys when he shows up gonna fucking shake things up i hope yeah <laughs> now, I, listen cm punk is gonna come out uh probably we already kind of said that rampage one probably not gonna say anything he might just come out and let the crowd go nuts it's one of these things like they gotta milk that for all of these guys they don't stand like they can't start out rampage and bring him on out because the rest of the show is fucked then because you're following cm punk and you also have four yeah. brand announcers on the show that's an hour show and they're yeah. four and they're four major wind bags yeah. so like <laughs> you know like when you look at it by the time yeah. they get the announcers out there and tell them who they are they're going to be like, all right, here comes CM Punk. Show's over. Yeah. <laughs> you've, got, you've got to have CM Punk come out and cut a promo. I mean, that's what he's known for. Yeah. Uh, but to me, I'm struggling to figure out what exactly he's going to rant about in AEW. I mean, all of his other big, you know, the rants and stuff have been anti-WWE. So I guess you could do that. But isn't that just really directing eyes over to WWE to see what Punk is talking about? So I don't know. I mean, if he can come in there, there's not even like an authority figure he could rail against in AEW. I don't know. I don't know what it is that they're going to have him do. So I'm interested to see what it'll come up with because he's creative enough to come up with something. But yeah. what it is, I have no idea. <laughs> so Rampage comes on right after SmackDown next week. Mm -hmm. I would imagine yes. he's so going to will have SmackDown attempt to run long just in case they decide to trot him out first? Oh, I have no doubt that they will. No doubt. <laughs> and and if so, what does WWE feel <laughs> in their current frame of mind? Mind you, I figured they're setting good up enough to compete with that. I figured they're setting up uh, a Balor Cena match to match up against that show and run that long. That's what I was thinking, or a promo between Roman yeah. and Balor and Cena or something that for the overrun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're not competition, right? But at the same time, they're doing absolutely everything to make yeah. us competition. So, yeah. yeah. Cena, Cena, Ballard with Roman Reigns as special guest referee. Yeah. yeah. That's, 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 that's as good as WWE can offer, be honest with you. It's very WWE-ish. <laughs> ain't, ain't getting an appearance or anything like that. So. Right. <laughs> But uh, like Harry just mentioned, the uh, debut episode of Rampage, of course, will be next Friday. Um, one hour show, not going to be two hours, it's going to be one hour. And then the following week, of course, is the big episode from Chicago, or as us Newfoundlanders like to say sometimes, Chicago. Um, we're going to be live that night, guys. Uh, we're going to be doing a Wrestling Shed Extra. So on August, was it 20th? Yep. Yep. On August 20th, on that Friday, I believe we're going to be going uh, live before Rampage. We're going to have a little CM Punk appreciation comeback party. And uh, it's going to be a little open house, so we're going to have a few special guests and people popping in and out. So uh, make sure you write that down on your calendar or uh, maybe even uh, get the notifications going on YouTube here. So. No way, man. I'm watching SmackDown. That might be. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll do a little watch along with the uh, SmackDown. <laughs> yeah. God. Um, yeah. So I mean, that's uh, that'll be uh, about it for us wrapping up here on episode thirteen. 
Um, I was doing a little reading the other day, guys, before I sign off here about podcasts and stuff. And I mean, everyone and their dog has a podcast or a YouTube show or whatever. Um, the average that people kind of give up on, because a lot of people get into it and don't stick with it, but the average is uh, six episodes. So, I mean, we've doubled that now, fellas. So something to be proud of, I guess. Uh, hopefully we'll be sticking around a lot longer, but at least we haven't thrown in the towel quite yet like a lot of people. So thanks, guys, for checking us out. Uh, I'm Chad Everard. Thank you, Corey Weir. Thank you, Harry Weir. And thank you, Brett Butler, as always, the Wrestling Shed Brethren. And uh, thank you guys for uh, joining us live, Wrestling Shed Live, for another week. And we'll be back next week, next Saturday night at 8 o'clock. Check us out on YouTube for our past episodes. And follow us all on you. And uh, what's that thing called? Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. Yeah. Have a good night, guys. See ya. See ya. (laughs)